0: Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. Speaking openly about my experience of grief and helping others to do the same serves as a regular reminder that we are not alone letting all the parts of us have an expression of life, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path Podcast. Today, I'm chatting about seeing clearly. This post was shared on the 1st of February in 2023. I can't speak for anyone else, but these freezing gray and stark days in the Northeast are starting to take a toll on my spirit, or I should say historically, they really have. I studied in Ithaca, New York as a college student, and I recall there being something like a 40-day streak with no sunlight. It brought my mood down then. And now I strive to keep that from being the case. But I cannot wait for spring. There are a few benefits to the cold and dark days we're stringing together here in the DC MDVA region. For one, everything's kind of quiet. I can still hear the birds, watch the squirrels run around wildly and observe a deer or two crossing through my backyard. But there are few signs of life beyond the critters who don't mind the cool air. Another benefit is that somehow, expectations of anything seem to be lowered to an almost passive state. Yes, we are working, going to school, meeting for dinner, and walking outdoors. But these things seem to have a relaxed flow about them when the sky is dark, and the air is freezing. We do them, but we're not pressuring ourselves to overachieve or solve any world problems when the temperature is in the teens and there's no sunlight. Recently, I noticed something else that seems to be a benefit to literally everything around us, being in a state of non-aliveness. Without the leaves on the trees, we can see for long distances. It's something like being able to access and observe the beyond only when everything is dead or dormant. I will tell you what I mean and share a practice that may help you experience this for yourself. But first, let's talk about object permanence. As young children, we are said to have acquired the concept of object permanence when we begin to grasp the idea that just because we can't see something doesn't mean it's not there this can be especially important for children when they are separated from their parents just because the parents are no longer in front of the child doesn't mean that they cease to exist but try explaining that to a toddler have you ever been around a child who hasn't mastered the understanding of object permanence if so you may have noticed the panic and terror they experience when mom and dad drop them off at preschool or try to leave the house without the child. They believe that if they can't see their parents that they no longer exist. Talking a kiddo down from such a tantrum is no easy task. They literally fear for their safety and they believe that their parents are not coming back. Enter object permanence. Once we grasp this concept, we begin to relax a bit. We know things don't just disappear because we can't see them. We don't worry about things like spring not ever coming because we understand that even though we can't see the sun, it's there. And we are all spinning around together on our own axis points until the dark sky clears and once again, spring in all of its glory rise right back out of the dead landscape reminding myself that all things are part of a season and that seasons can't help from changing even if they tried it's a comforting thought when i don't love the season that i'm in the return of the sun's light and warmth are not things i hope will happen they just happen and they are miracles Every time. But there's another benefit of being in this season of barren life. It is simply this. When something dies or ceases growing, we can sometimes see beyond the landscape that normally limits our view with massive trees and flowers and life blooming everywhere. When the leaves disappear, we can notice things beyond the trees that we couldn't see before. Here's an example. There's a back road I've driven on for years, mostly taking Zachary to and from a caregiver's home that is in that neighborhood. I have driven this road hundreds of times. I always enjoy it because there's a certain long bend of the road which connects the two neighborhoods. When I'm in this little stretch of natural land, I have felt like I was transitioning back into or out of my mamahood. Role. Sometimes I had to force my mind to get over the fact that I just had to leave my son so I could go work for the next 12 hours. The short stretch of rustic drive where the road curves often served as a space to switch gears. Sometimes when I had to pick Zachary up, I had to remind myself that the workday was over and I'd given it what I had and that it would have to be enough. Because I didn't want to carry in the corporate stress I'd been doing jumping jacks with all day, it wouldn't have been fair to Zach to have me in that mood when I picked him up. Plus, he was too young for a PIP, that's performance improvement plan for you managers, or any other managerial tasks I sometimes employed in the workplace. All done parentheses with paying job <laughs> for today, I would tell myself, time to be a mom to this special needs creature whom I often took for granted, despite trying to appreciate him and my role as his mama. But just this season, for the first time in hundreds, if not thousands, of drives along that path, I noticed something new. All the trees were bare, and as I was driving slowly enough so I could see beyond the gray terrain, I realized that there was a large body of water that was simply stunning. Hiding behind the leafless trees I normally glanced at while driving through, I wondered, what is that? Who gets to go there? Is it a park? Is it a reservoir? Is it public? It's just beautiful. I can't believe I never noticed it before. Which brings me to the point of today's podcast, to the tune of the great song by Johnny Nash that we know and love. I can see clearly now. When we cultivate our observations to notice what is actually happening, even if we missed it for years, we suddenly realize that things may not be what we thought at all. We may come to terms with some agonizing truth we have been avoiding by only looking at the fully alive and fervent trees. Or we may discover a treasure treasure trove of goodness in the form of a lake, a new relationship, or a clear understanding that brings us closer to the person that we're meant to be. Seeing clearly is not about looking on the surface. It's about going beyond what we used to see but didn't pay attention to. It's about noticing that when the trees are bare, we are cold, and we are in winter. But that just as every season brings its own unique harvest, winter, a.k.a. all things dead, is sometimes the only season where we can see the beyond. Whatever awaits us there is patient, sometimes decades patient. Will we try to see what's trying to be revealed to us? Or will we get under the covers and wait for spring when everything is pretty again? In my experience, grief is this way. When a loss is new, we must make a choice to survive or not. In the first months and years, we may not have the gumption to look beyond our loss. We may not be curious about what's behind it, and in my case, that was the loss of two of my young children. We may not feel inspired. We may even want to die ourselves, and that's okay. We're in winter, but somewhere beyond that time frame, be it years or decades, I myself have realized beyond all of the losses the dead weight, the pain, and the strife, and the sense of complete aloneness, that there are new things to discover. Some of these new things are miracles, and some of them break our hearts. But what a travesty my life would have become had I never tried to look beyond my pain. Try this today. If you're so inspired, purchase or gather a small bunch of flowers or a leafy plant. Place them wherever they will live out their last days as they begin to die and wilt. Behind them, place some personal small symbol of hope. Could be a picture or a piece of jewelry or a particular stone or even a letter from someone that was comforting to you at some time. The flowers or plant should completely block any vision of the item behind it. With object permanence, we know that the item is still there. But try not to think about it and instead just observe. As the flowers wilt and bend and eventually lose their petals and life's energy, see if you can notice the slow but consistent view that reveals what is beyond the dying flowers. This is not a fast experiment, and there's nothing quick about healing from grief. It's more like a gradual willingness to keep looking and cultivate curiosity about what else may be there beyond just the wilting flowers. Day by day, you'll be able to see past the dying beauty of the flowers and identify something unique, special, or miraculous behind them. If you can do this in the same way that I was able to notice the not-yet-seen lake, (laughs) you will be part of a process that is critical to healing after the death of someone we love. Questions like, what else might be there, start to arise. If we can look ever so delicately beyond our pain, when it feels like we are the ones dying we may just see the answers to our questions starting to arise. Alternatively, if our minds are made up and we don't ask these questions, there will decidedly be nothing beyond what we feel right now. And if you're feeling as bad as I have, that's not a great or a safe place to be. We have to be willing and courageous enough to get curious. And we will still look forward to spring, but we won't miss what's right here in front of us now. Our surprising ability to survive and even thrive in the face of profound loss and grief. Let us know how your experiment goes. So thanks for checking out this episode of The Healing Path. This is a post that I have been meaning to put some time into ever since I discovered that lake. And it was just overwhelming to see something so beautiful and ask myself, wow, has that really been there all along? And I never got to see it. And the reason I think this is important for us as we grieve and as we heal is because we have a tendency to stop living when our loved one dies. And it's not... A problem um, because it's really just part of the process of grieving. But it is a problem if we don't ever get back into the life process again. So everyone is different. It could be, you know, weeks, it could be months, it could be years, or, you know, maybe you were able to transition quickly from this hurts so darn bad. And well, what does it all mean? But what I'm suggesting is this is a necessary step that we have to take if we want to have a life beyond the moment that our loved one stopped breathing, because there is and there are things to see and do and feel and create and enjoy and experience beyond the pain that hurts so badly that we don't want to be alive ourselves. I understand that. And what I'm saying is when you feel stable enough whether it's with a counselor or whether it's with some other you know, professional or a trusted friend or advisor, that you need to look. You need to be curious because if we're not curious and we don't look in the dead season, in the season of winter when something dies, if we're not sitting there with our eyes open, we're just going to live out the rest of our days in the pain that settled in when someone died. And I do not recommend missing out on your life. What else could be coming down the pike? What miracles? What tragedies? And yes, I'm sorry to say there will be more tragedies. But we don't get to experience any of it if we sit around under the covers and wait for spring to come. We have to look for it. And this is a practice. like So many things I talk about and write about, little, little, little catches, little moments of. God, this hurts so bad. I wonder what's what else is there, or you know, what might be waiting to grow. What seed might be ready to sprout? We miss those things if we're not paying attention. I don't recommend rushing into this when you're really heartbroken. You have to take care of yourself. This is an individual journey for every single person. And not many people get to go through life without losing someone that they love very much. So we might as well start practicing now. If you have been so blessed as to not have your heart broken by the death of a loved one, I'm sorry to say that may still happen in your life. So I hope it doesn't. But there are gifts and miracles beyond the pain that suffocates us. So I encourage you to try to cultivate this curiosity And hopefully you'll have, if you have the opportunity to do the experiment or any version of that, that makes sense. You'll see what I mean. And then we can all sing along to the song. So special thanks to the voice of Johnny Nash, and thank you to all of you for tuning in. Until next time, let's do our best to stay present, to stay grateful, and to be healing. And let's also get curious about what's beyond all the dead stuff. I promise something is there. And I sincerely thank you, as always, for listening.